You have zero couches, and I've got two. I have zero couches. You've, so if you can ship one uh, <laughs> to me, then we'd be even, and I think that would work out. I don't know. Why do you have zero couches? Don't you have a I living just, room? I, I have – here, I'll show you. I've got two armchairs. Oh, you could put a couch in there. I could. I just haven't. Couches are expensive, Isaac. Uh, I got both of these on – I think it was like Craigslist. Like somebody was doing a garage sale and it was on Craigslist for a hundred bucks. Oh wow! But for total? For both, yeah. Wow! I got those both for free. Well, there you go. As far as couches go, a hundred dollars for two is not too bad. That's fifty. Hundred dollars is incredible. That you you've won the couch, uh, games the couch games. They were filled with filth and garbage though, so I had to clean that out between the cushions. You're listening to. Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. Do you have one you prefer? Do you have like a, a favorite couch? And if so, do you have a favorite spot on that couch? Well, see, here's the thing. I just cleaned my apartment. Um, I've been on this like cleaning kick yesterday and today. I do like a little bit each day. Um, and Today's project was cleaning off the couch, the other couch that I was just sitting on that I switched to. Um, that's where like a bunch of books and a bunch of papers from work and a, my computer lives most of the time. And it just like hasn't been, I haven't sat there in a long time. And this morning I cleaned all that stuff off, found a home for them. And I sat there and I opened up the window curtains and just like got this perspective in my apartment that I haven't had since I like moved in since like th- four months ago, I have not sat on that couch in that way and opened up the curtains uh, and kind of felt the sun on my face. Cause that's where the sun comes in is that, that window right there. And um, yeah, that's, so that's feeling pretty nice. That feels like a whole new world right Game there. Game changer. But usually I'm sitting on this couch right here with either the futon tucked up or the the little table thing tucked up to it so i can lay my feet out or um and that's like where the computer goes or or laying this way and watching a movie on the tv or something so yeah it's good to change up the spots every once in a while if you have two love seats do you only sit in one of them or do you share the love i i really only sit in one of them so the other one is mostly for decoration. I don't know if you can see from this. Do you angle. think the other have, one feels bad? It doesn't feel as good. I've got so I've got a little, I've got a little baby Yoda there. No, no. I mean, BB-8. do you think the love seat itself oh, feels that's, left out? I mean, perhaps. I sit in there when when my parents come up. My dad usually sits in in this pink one, which is what I would consider my seat. It's so why I usually have to sit in the blue <laughs> one. Uh, and so it does. Whenever my parents are here, it gets some some action. I was gonna say butt action, and that. Feel, felt like something maybe I shouldn't say. Yeah, no, um, no. Isn't that funny that, it. that your dad even gets the the favorite chair, even though it's not even his, uh, not even his apartment? Just claims it. <laughs> That's the one my cat sits in too. If if he's sitting in one, he sits in that one too. So no one likes the blue one. No one um, likes the blue one. They were free though, so I can't complain. And they've got they they like recline, so I can put my feet up and stuff. But it would be nice to have a couch that I can like lay down on. And just like mm-hmm. watch a movie after work or something. Yeah. But I gotta sit upright like an animal every time. I wish I had a desk in this apartment. And yeah. I don't. And uh, just like we talked about with 
not having a desk at college, doing work in your bed and doing work on the couch. It's not the most productive place, but sitting at a desk with a flat horizontal table uh, is the most productive way to go. Um, and I don't. I could do it at the kitchen table, but that'd be a little weird. I don't know. That wouldn't feel as good. I use my... So I've like separated my table into the eating section and the desk <laughs> section. So I've got one chair on the end, which is where I eat, because that's closest to the kitchen. Then the side where I'm sitting right now is where I do all my work, all my writing, all my... I say work. <laughs> it's writing in Dungeons & Dragons and podcasting that I pretty much sit in this spot for. But I've got a little set of drawers here that you can't see because it's on the other side of the computer, but I keep papers in there. Uh, you know, I'm, I have this map of Middle Earth I want to put up in front of me. That's where my, It was always above my desk in the past, in like my dorm rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to put that up there. So I sort of... I've, I've created a desk for myself. I agree, though. I would love to have like a separate... Just a desk that I can, like, that is only for getting work done and being productive and like, sitting and and working at. Hmm. But I don't know where I'd put it. Apartments are small. Yeah, I don't really have a place to put it either. But that's okay. Huh. Interesting. You you created two separate zones on your desk. Is there like a tape line down the middle where they don't cross? No, but I have papers piled up that I like stop at a certain point. Like if the piles go past a point on the table, I have to like shift the piles over so there's there's sort of a a spiritual tape line but not a physical tape line i see <laughs> nice That's where funny. do you do you do most of your work sitting on your couch like if you were to do some typing or yeah it'd be on the couch yeah that's where i do writing and and typing and stuff that's really the only place i have to right now uh i could do it in my bed but i don't know i feel like that's worse than right because then on you, couch. you get in the, the bed mindset and then then you just want to sleep and relax. And I have this little black futon, like, coffee table thing. Um, it's not really a coffee table because it's not, like, you can put your feet up on it because it's not, like, a table table. And that's where the computer lives in one of the four quadrants. And then all the, like, remotes and the, the like, chargers and, and the speaker and my headphones or whatever live in like another one of the quadrants of the, the spread out four table. Um, and then sometimes my lunch or my breakfast will go in the other quadrant. Like, I don't know. It, it, uh, it works. Um, and I'll do some typing on that if I don't put the computer on my lap, but yeah, that's how it is. I don't know. I, I've attempted some work in my bed mostly because my cat will sit with me if I'm on Mm. my bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll sometimes when I, when I edited the last episode, for example, I, I brought my laptop into my bed and just sat and worked on it there, but yeah. it's not, like I said, not the most productive space. I've done, tried to do a little bit of writing there and it hasn't, hasn't worked out. Of course, trying to, I've tried to do a lot of writing in a lot of places and just usually <laughs> doesn't happen anyway, but that's okay. And the good old, uh, the good old coffee shop reset is not really an option anymore. You can't do that. Yeah. That's always the that was always the trick. I mean, I I guess in college it was the library too. But um, if you motivate yourself enough to put the stuff in the backpack and mm-hmm. go to a coffee shop or go to the library, chances are the walk is going to make it worth it enough that you're like, well, yeah. I already walked all the way over here. I might as I well. I got it. I might as well. Might as well sit down and do some work and change up my my life a little bit. And uh, can't do that right now. Um, so bummer. There were there were two coffee shops in in Granville, which is where I went to college. Uh, one was right down the hill from my school, like a five minute walk. The other was a mile 
away. The one a mile away I preferred, but I didn't always have the time to go sit there. So I would, usually about once a week, I'd have about a two-hour period where I was down the hill for class anyway, and I had an hour before I had to do my next class, which was also down the hill. I think it was like a voice lesson and a rehearsal kind of vibe because they were both in the same building on the hill. So I'd spend that hour or two hours, whatever it was, I'd walk the five minutes over to the coffee shop. I'd order the same thing every time. It, by, it, by that point, they knew me and knew what I was ordering, so I just could like go pay, and that was it. Um, and I'd sit and I'd work on something or I'd read, and it was lovely. I remember I came back senior year. I came back, went to the coffee shop for the first time, and the guy behind the counter goes, oh, you're back in town. Good to see you, man. <laughs> nice. And I, ha- I haven't had the chance to do that here because, you know, can't go to coffee shops. There's, there's this virus thing. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. It's pretty bad. The thing about the college town that I was in was that there is no coffee shop in town. The closest coffee shop was like a 30-minute drive away. And some people definitely did that. They were like, I need as much of a reset as I can get, and, mm-hmm. and that's going to be worth it for me. And I just want the atmosphere of a coffee shop. And it's a 30-minute drive, but I'm going to do it, even though it's terribly snowing out and the roads are bad and um, whatever. Anyways... I would never do that, but what I would do is I'd go to the dining hall, get a cup of coffee, put it in my thermos, like a rational human being, and then walk back to the library and find a little cozy nook and a comfy chair and, like, get my own little atmosphere going there, which helped better than doing it in my dorm, even if I had coffee with me. You know, walking to the dining hall and then the short walk to the the library helped get it done. Right, because it's that sort of you know, moving and switching of locations re, resets your brain. I think resets the word you use, but I think it's hard to be productive in a room when you spend all your time in that room anyway. <laughs> yeah, which is why I like that I cleaned off my other couch because now sitting on that couch feels like Switch it up. a completely different room, and I got some good writing done there this morning, so that was great. Maybe I got to sit in my other chair and, and try to get some writing done. Maybe that's the key. You have one lounging chair and one writing chair. <laughs> one, one productive chair. I also have, there's a corner of my room, which is where I had my Christmas tree. I, I'll see if I can angle. You can't really oh, see. Oh, yeah. Sort of back there where that, that black blob is. Uh-huh. That's like a, a bungee chair that I bought from my dorm room a few years ago. Okay. And I, I, that space was occupied by a Christmas tree for the last month and a half-ish because I was too lazy to take it down. Mm-hmm. And also, like, seeing those lights was, like, one of the few things that brought me joy in this dark, dark uh, times we were, we were living in. Uh, kidding. A little bit. Um, but I recently put the chair there, and I sat there the other day uh, to read while my lunch was cooking mm. just because I wanted to switch it up. And it was it's amazing to, like, sit in a different spot. And like, oh, this is what this angle of the apartment looks like. That's how the light hits the wall. Yeah. And it, it was a different perspective. Do you have sure. – are there coffee sh- – I'm just fixated on coffee shops now. I miss no, them. No, it's okay. Uh, do you have a coffee shop near you that perhaps when the pandemic ends – you could go to there's a couple coffee shops in town and it's kind of funny because they're they're both on main street and they're both directly opposite from each other i can just imagine them like glaring at each other across the uh across main street every day um so yeah those that coffee shop or one of those i'm sure i will pick a favorite at some point um i haven't gone to them yet or maybe i like picked up a cup of coffee from them before but um that is potentially an option there um other than that no i don't really have a a a local coffee shop right now mostly been making my coffee at home 
I don't know. It's just more convenient. And, like, they're within walking distance. Yeah, fairly easy walking distance, but, uh, I don't know. It's just easier to make it at home right now. Yeah, and that's I also how don't I have feel, a, too. I don't have a place to go, either. Like, the thing about, like, if I was running errands, or, like, wanted to go into town to go to the library to print something off or something, like, that would make going to the coffee shop worth it. But I don't have those things to do right now. There's no right. reason to go into town, so there's no reason to go, no reason to go and stop get at the coffee shop while I'm running errands, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. That's what it is. I found a local gear store, though, which I'm super Ooh. stoked about. Yeah. For, for outdoor gear, and um, that, I'm, I'm sure I'll give them a bunch of business. They don't have a whole lot of backpacking or camping stuff, but they're who I got my snowshoes with, and um, I might buy a pair of cross-country skis, and kind of winter clothes and stuff. So um, looking forward to building the relationship there. Um, yeah, that's about it. What about you? Do you have a coffee, do you have a coffee spot on your way to work? No, I, like, I've been making my own too, which is fine. I think I've said, I call it meal prep. I set the, the grounds and water ahead of time. And I just have to turn it on in the morning. There's a, there's a Tim Hortons near me and there's a Duncan near me, but those aren't mm. really like, that's not the vibe. I'm not going to go sit in a Dunkin' Donuts and, and write a book. Um, and there's a Starbucks inside Target. Starbucks is probably where I've been going the most because I'll go to Target to like pick something up on the weekends and I'll swing by Starbucks on my way out. But you sure. can't sit there. They've closed all the tables and stuff. There is a coffee shop about an hour walk from me, mm. um, which is right on the Erie Canal. Ooh. And I think it would be lovely to go and sit by one of the windows looking out on the canal and, and order my five dollar cappuccino that's like this big and and just enjoy it um yeah not really an option right now uh i did the first time i went there i did walk an hour there and an hour back just for the explicit purpose of going to this coffee shop which i feel like is very in character for me but also just kind of silly when i wasn't even going to spend time in the coffee shop sometimes you need those adventure objectives though and like it's more about the oh such a trope but it's more about the journey than the destination right and you're like, well, this spot I'm going to go to today probably isn't that cool, but I'll probably see something cool along the way, and it'll get me moving, and, um, you know, I'll get a cup of coffee and then turn around and walk the however long back, and it'll feel good. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much about it. Oh, no, I enjoyed it profusely. It just seems very silly at the time. I'm in a weird <laughs> area of town where, like, the actual towny part of town is an hour's walk away from me the canals an hour away from me and where I'm at is just sort of like the Wegmans and target part of town where there's just busy streets and chains, which is fine. I I I'm not going places these days. Anyway, I go to work and I come home, but sometimes I want a cappuccino. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty close walking distance into town, which is nice. Although I end up driving into town most of the time, but yeah, I, a bunch of parks that are within walking distance and um lots of lots of good stuff going on there's uh there's two thrift stores in town which i've become uh pretty constant members of um of course the classic goodwill and then your your uh homespun like um church donation uh community center thrift store thing which um, has been a frequent stop of mine. I know maybe it's not the best for social distancing to go to a thrift store like once 
every two weeks, but you know, it's how. But I'm it be. sure everyone, most people are wearing masks there, and you're not like, you're not hugging the people who work there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's that's my guilty pleasure recently is going to the thrift stores, um, which are in walking distance. That you know, that's a good little walk there and back. But yeah. Have do you any thrift stores in Rochester that you've been hitting up? I know that you're uh, not as much of a thrifty guy, but I feel like I'd like to be. Like if I if I started doing it, I feel like I'd <laughs> fit right in and I would just like it would click. But uh no, not really. I went to a few last year. I came up here with some friends before I had intended on moving here. We went to a museum and also a comic book store. But we visited a couple thrift stores. One was the classic Goodwill. Um, that was fun. We just tried on hats for a while, which is a wild concept, just walking to a place and trying on hats willy-nilly for hours. And then there was also one. It was like this massive warehouse kind of thing Ooh. that was just filled with junk, like <laughs> like every single possible junky thing you could imagine, just filled with it. And the prices were not there. There were suggested prices, but I, I bought a little. It was a picture of the bell tower at Chautauqua. Mm. Um, and a little painting, and I it said like three dollars, and I went to pay three dollars, and the owner said, "No, that's that's dumb. It's not three dollars. Give me a dollar, and you can have it." <laughs> but have have you seen have you seen the Harry Potter movies? Yes. So you know the the room of requirement when it's just filled with shit. Uh, no, but I can understand it. Sure, I don't remember it vividly, but that's that's what I was gonna compare it to. Just this mm. room filled with just piles and piles of nonsense. But every once in a while, there's a gem in there, and there's, there's a, like and you just got to find it. A very valuable thing that you'll cherish for a lifetime. I think there was an oil pastel drawing of skeletons that looked pretty cool. Mm. Uh, there were some tireless bike wheels, which I was intrigued by. <laughs> um, you know, for an art art statement or something. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, make some make some strange art out of them, or like a drying rack or something. It'd be beautiful. But yeah, nothing um, nothing recently that I've visited. Mm. I pretty much exclusively, if I go out, it's Aldi and Target, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, my, I mean, I yeah, go grocery shopping, go to the thrift store, and that's about it. I've been to the bookshop a couple times. There's a nice little lovely bookstore that I've walked around in, which is very sweet and awesome, and found some good gems there. Oh, and the gear store. That's pretty much it. Those are my those are my stops. Very infrequently, but. Uh, that feels good to get out and go to those things and feel like I'm a member of the community in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Once once it warms up a little bit, I'm I've got my bike up here and I think I might start biking to more places and try to do a little bit more. There's a ton of like parks near me that I would love to hike around, but they're just sort of too far to walk. Mm. Mm-hmm. And since I don't have a car, but if I got a bike, I mean that that would be significantly easier. And Lake Ontario's probably a 20 minute bike ride for me, so that'd be easy to get to. There's a beautiful park oh, wow. that I went to months ago so there's there's lots of stuff i just have to like have the opportunity and weather to do it because right now it is snowy and shitty so not really the uh the bike vibe oh just because it's snowy doesn't mean it's shitty snowy is amazing no 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 the snowy is amazing but it's just also shitty the shitty has nothing to do with the snowy oh okay okay two different adjectives there yeah um just happened to coincide at this point well, you guys are going to get some more snow, and I'm not. I'm going to miss out yeah. on this, this next snowy round, which I'm kind of disappointed about. I will weather it for you. <laughs> Although we got about a foot of snow at work again uh, this past week, which was nice. 
that was lovely to wake up to. It just kept on snowing like all night, and I was I was very surprised. It wasn't on the forecast or anything, and uh, that was cool. But uh, here in town, there's not a whole lot of snow. Not as much snow as I hoped there would be, or like wanted there to be, I guess. Um, it's gonna get darn cold though. Next next week is gonna be in the in the negatives. So. Oh jeez. Yeah. Negative without wind chill. Yes. Yep. Just ambient in the negatives. So. That'll be fun to be outside for. I hope I'm prepared for it. I found a new jacket at the Goodwill. Um, so stoked about that. Hopefully keep me a little bit warmer. That was that was a gem. Back to our Goodwill conversation. And I found a pair of firefighting pants at the... This is a different thrift store in a town that my friends live in that I stopped at when I was visiting my friends. But they are firefighting pants for the like wildland firefighters like the green with the like huge pockets and like yeah the, you'd see them like wear the yellow shirt with it and these green pants and i found them and they were like two dollars and they they were my size which is incredible because i am a tiny man that can't find clothes that fit him um they were my size and they're awesome firefighting pants which is sweet. They have like even the government tag on the inside and everything. Like they're they're uh, legit. It's like wow. For two dollars. For two bucks. In your sight, it was meant to be. It was meant. It was to be. absolutely. These pants were destined for you. Now I've just been like living in those pants for the past few weeks. I took them to work and wore them all week at work. And then every time I go out on a hike or something, they're they're what I wear. They're super durable and warm and they're just great. So a good gem at a thrift store find. You never want to know what you're gonna find. That's the fun. That's the fun part. You just go and you do it. Live, live your truth. Live your pants. I feel like it could turn into a gambling addiction, though. <laughs> it could. You're like rolling the dice every time you go into uh, a store and you're expecting to buy something, and you're like, when it doesn't work out, you go home disappointed. Um, it's kind of like gambling in that way. Or you go all in and you come home with like. 30 pairs of pants. <laughs> I've never done that because it's hard to find pants in my size. But I should go thrifting more. I always like the stuff I find when I thrift. I found a beautiful flannel years ago. Just like mm. my size, my like my color scheme. It was perfect. And it, it speaks to you. It just like you, you feel it when you see something. You're like, that's cool. And that's going to fit my life. And that's going to be my shirt now. You know? And then you wear it forever. Where I feel like if you go to a, a store... If you go to like a store that sells clothing or whatever, and you just walk through the aisles and you see like twenty five of the same shirt hanging up. Right, on the rack, it's it's so impersonal. It doesn't feel right. It's like, oh, that's another one of those shirts. I don't know. It, it, they don't speak to you. But that's my rant on thrift stores. What have you been up to this week? Not much. This week was rough. Just I feel like every every kid decides to just have a completely batshit insane week. Like every kid <laughs> discusses this ahead of time is like all right what week are we gonna just misbehave constantly uh you good for thursday yeah we'll do it thursday and then they just all do it wow uh, and that's how this week went but it, it was fine uh a lot of we, they made stress balls that was their big thing on friday so you fill a balloon with rice and flour and you can squeeze it and it's it's nice uh so I was covered in flour for most of the day and then some of the kids decided to hide a couple balloons when we put them away and later, when I was the only one responsible for them at this point, I had no backup. They started filling them with water. Uh, oh, wow. 
And I said, don't you dare. And they said, all right, we'll put them away. I fought with them. They put them away. But one kid took it back out. What did she do? Dropped it. Do you ever feel like, sometimes I feel like this with my job for probably different reasons, but do you ever feel like your job working with kids is a way, is life paying you back for the the crappy kid that you were, or the like, the life that you led as a child is now coming back to you in your work life? I was an angel as a child, so I, I can't relate. Mm. No, I, I do. Know. I do feel that. I I very vividly remember because I worked with teenagers for two years at camp, and I remember just being an asshole to my parents as a teenager and like throwing fits whenever I didn't get my way because I was a teenager and I knew better and blah blah blah. And when when my kids were exactly like that and said the same things and used the same tone of voice that I would use, it was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I completely get it. Interesting how things come around, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's like I mean people people who have kids can talk about like oh this is this is pay or like they're maybe this is not a stereotype but I feel like I've seen TV shows or movies where like a grandmother's like oh you know that kid's giving you you a run for your money a lot like you this is payback or something does that have you seen that too Yeah I think it definitely is I a, think this is a common a trope experience in some TV shows but it's also very true I don't know Oh yeah <laughs> Yeah it Life has sense. a way of getting back at you why have your kids been a pain for you too? Uh, no. I'm gonna leave it there. That's fair. <laughs> Sorry. <Your> confidential <laughs> government job. I didn't mean to, mean to pry into your top secret files. Yeah, the CIA gets a little, a little weird about those things. I completely understand. Yeah, um, but on on other, for other jobs and things like when I was guiding for the boy scouts and stuff it was really uh and on canoe trips i remember doing stupid things on canoe trips as a boy scout and now i see other boy scouts do that kind of stuff and it's like oh yeah but the difference is that i i feel like we got away with it and we like there wasn't as much of a i don't know there wasn't as hmm since I'm the one in charge of the safety of these of of this trip, I see things from a different perspective, and I'm like, wow, how did I ever think that that was a smart idea when I was a kid to like go canoeing without a life jacket on, or decide to splash around in the water without like an adult supervising me, or something? You know, like it, it just those kind of things were like, whoa, that was that was back in the day, and that was kind of dumb. Not that. I can't use the phrase back in the day. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't know. I don't have that card in my wallet, the back in the day card. But you might. What do you mean? <laughs> I feel like once you're responsible for kids, you are officially old and you can refer to the, the good old days and back in the day. I don't know. I think every boomer would disagree. <laughs> well, every boomer would disagree with most things. So. Well, I, I just think that, there's got to be people out there that are like, oh, some 20-something saying back in the day. Oh, yeah. They can't do that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's some very unhappy 60-year-old on Twitter just with their other 60-year-olds on Twitter saying that exact stuff. I don't know. But I think you can say it, too. That's my, my take. Hmm. But, no, I completely agree. I think I think about the stuff I used to do as a kid. Just, like, go off in the woods by myself. And, and I remember this one time I crossed a 
like half frozen stream on the tiniest like branch I've ever seen in my life. Just uh, not even like my woods. These were woods like behind tops, and just <laughs> back there. And I could have fallen in, and no one would have known. And I would have. I mean, I wouldn't have frozen to death, but it wouldn't have been fun. But don't get me wrong. I think those adventures as a kid are very worthwhile doing. I think that's when. I hate to suck the life out of childhood and be like, well, there's no, you have to do everything right and safe. And that's when you learn to take risks as a kid and don't take the stupid risks and I don't know, do drugs or something like that. But I don't know. That's when you learn to be an adult when you're actually on your own as a kid. And when you're learning to make your own choices and coming to that conclusion means that you're going to do dumb Dumb shit things. I don't know. And I, I agree. I think that is important. I think the difference between kids doing that and kids doing that when I'm responsible for them is I don't want to deal with if they do dumb shit and there's consequences from it. I don't want to be the one who has to like be responsible. Right, right. Where If you get yeah, hurt on your own in your own backyard, who cares? I mean, I'm sorry you got hurt, but I couldn't care less. But if, if I'm responsible for you and you fall off the monkey bars of the playground and break your nose, like now I have to fill out paperwork and... and explain to your parents that's kind of the same concept as like personal trips versus versus job Mm -hmm. trips like we were talking about last week with the like yeah it's a personal expedition and i can get in trouble and and take the risk and my snowshoe can break and i can fix it and i can half fall through a frozen pond and it'll be all right um and uh learn from it learn the things that i wouldn't be able to learn when i'm on company time you know right so children gotta gotta do both as well to learn. And we kind of forget that as adults, we forget that like we need to to do things just for fun or just for the like heck of it, instead of always doing things by the book. I don't know. But it's hard to remember that sometimes because you know you work forty hours a week, for example, and that's that's your week. Right. And when you, when you do have time off, at least I, my experience has been I don't. I want to go on adventures and like take time for myself, but I'm so tired that my my weeks have basically become work and recovering from work. And I feel like that you sort of fall into that cycle, and that's how you forget to do things for yourself. I'm postulating. I haven't fully fallen into that yet, but I I could see how one could. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the 40 hour work week is kind of bogus. I don't know. I, would I don't agree. work a 40 hour work week, so it's hard for me to relate to that. But I definitely feel the hard work needing recovery and not having enough time for adventure. You kind of burn the candle at both ends if you get too much adventure in, but I think the key would be to finding a job that is adventurous, that doesn't drain you, that you can stay sustainable with. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's hard to do. I mean, I'm sure it's hard to do as is. In a pandemic, finding anything that doesn't drain you, I mean, I can't even fathom. The stuff I do for fun drains me if I do it too much. I just have a very finite amount of of energy. It's fine. I agree. The, the 40-hour work week, and even the eight-hour work day is, I think, a little too much, personally. Just like But then again, here we person. are millennials <laughs> complaining about, oh, the 40-hour work week ah. is too long, and I don't need to work eight hours. And, like, you know, our, our parents took on two jobs, and our, you know, grandparents were uh, Rosie the Riveter and flying into Germany and kicking Hitler, like, yeah, and we're like, uh, I'm too tired. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, so. No, I, uh, you're absolutely right. I hear the hypocrisy in my voice. Um, don't get me but wrong. But it's okay, it's okay to be, ooh, excuse me. 
it's okay to be hypocritical sometimes. I think, not all the time. Sometimes if you're being hypocritical, you're just a fool. But I think sometimes, you know, if you can acknowledge it and, and sort of live in that, like, hypocrisy realm, I think it's okay. And maybe that's, maybe that's like a distinction that our generation has that mm-hmm. I don't think any other, not to my knowledge, any other generation has really, like, thought about it, is doing a job that you love and feel passionate about and are feel sustained by i don't think i don't know it doesn't seem like that that was a common theme in past i don't think it was it was get a job and and figure it out whereas our generation is very much like find what you love to do and try to make that work yeah which i'd argue you have done fairly successfully um yeah, I've been thinking more and more about that. I mean, I, I do love my job right now, and it, and it is very rewarding. It's a very hard job, though. Um, I feel pretty drained at the end of the week. It It is... Uh, anyways, long story short, I'm going to get some time off here pretty soon. Take a little break from things and, and get, uh, get some extra relaxation time in and kind of reboot to come into the spring a little bit more refreshed. Um, and then hopefully find something different for the summer to change it up and then come on back in the in the fall. So, yeah, it is very draining, and it's a hard job. I do feel rewarded, but I also get to live out of a backpack for which is pretty for cool. my job, and that yeah. was a goal in my life. And, yeah, that feels pretty good, pretty satisfying to to know that. I think at some point, as, as hard as it is in the moment, it's going eventually – or I have to remind myself that eventually I'm going to look back at this job and this time in my life with so much nostalgia and pride and like, whoa, yeah, that was the time that I grew so much because it was so hard and because I accomplished my goal and whatever goal comes next is going to be, this is going to be the stepping stone to it. So I don't know. That's where I've been, that's what I've been feeling the past couple of days. It's very insightful. I had this sort of, not realization, but sort of this like, whoa moment the other day. I was sitting with a kid at lunch, and we were just talking about like life and stuff. And she was telling me what she likes to do outside of school and stuff. And she said, guess what I want to be when I grow up? And I, I guessed a couple things, and I don't even remember what she said, which maybe means I'm a bad listener. Um, <laughs> but then I said, well, what do you think I want to be when I grow up? Because I don't consider myself grown up yet, right? And yeah. she says... I know what you're going to be when you grow up. And I said, yeah, what is it? And she said, you're going to work at the YMCA. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Wait. That was just a weird... Because we're not growing up, right? But we are also... You know, that we've crossed a threshold that we weren't over before. And that... I hadn't really contemplated that much. Probably due to the pandemic sort of seeping every other thought out. But just kind of a weird moment. And then I had to go yell at a kid, so I immediately like stopped being introspective and yelled at the child instead. But I don't know. I think, I think that's that's true, and it's not true. Like it's true that yeah, you've grown up and you've found something, and you're living an adult life on your own. Congrats. But it's not it, absolutely. But also, you're not grown up in that you can still change your career. There's and still a whole path. Grow yeah. a different life, and this is just like a stepping stone onto something that's next. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. I almost I was I've been thinking about this a lot. I think I mentioned off air last time we talked, but I I got a message on a job app about becoming a teacher, and that really got me thinking. I don't think I want to start a career for a while, 
I feel like I want to take my 20s and just, like, go on adventures and, and like, through, live out like, of a something. Van, and live and out of a van. And, and travel yeah. to national parks. Do the AT or do the Finger Lakes Trail or something and, <laughs> yeah. and just, like, exist for a while and sort of be before I settle down into a career and, and you know, pay Sorry, off Sorry, that, that, that was more of a hipster joke there, the living out of a van. Cause I feel like oh, I was serious. Out. Maybe I am a hipster. Everybody on Instagram is like, hashtag van life, live in my 20s, uh, you know, whatever. But anyways, yeah, that makes sense. I I would agree. Well, you can do that and build your, well, maybe that's only true for me. I think I can do that and build my career at the same time. Because those personal trips inform my right. work trips. And so if I take the summer off and go do a whole bunch of trips out west or something when there's not a pandemic that would improve my stuff at work because i've learned more how to take risks and what learn how to go climbing and like whatever so um i don't know that makes sense i don't know if there's an equivalent in teaching to like take time off but also grow yourself personally in a in a productive way maybe like re- personal research projects would be the analogy like just going down a rabbit hole on something you're interested in learning or teaching. I don't know. I feel like what I do now or job wise sort of informs teaching in a way. I feel like yeah, be, being a, a counselor or a camp counselor kind of position is analogous a little bit, not fully, but a little bit to being a teacher. For sure. For sure. Still building relationships with children and trying to impart knowledge. And... Yeah. Something like that. You could also, like, volunteer with, like, the Peace Corps or, like, some... Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, yeah, sort of education opportunities like that, but... Yeah, yeah. lots of options. Haven't really explored any of them. It's a pandemic. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I'm pretty content to just kind of ride it out for a little bit. Yeah, that's what people are doing right now, riding it out. I've got this job till June. Well, my whole my job exists because there's a pandemic, which is weird to think about sometimes my job only exists because kids have remote schooling and have to be somewhere to attend those classes when the parents are at work yeah that is kind of weird how it's unfortunate millions of people have lost their jobs it's a really dark time in the economy and in like the country right now but then also it strangely provides this boom for some things and provides opportunity in a way also like yeah yeah, it's terrible, but there's weird upsides, or not upsides to it, but, like, weird places that are doing really good, you know? I don't know. I'm sure that's the case with any disaster is, you know, the people who... Disa- I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Ignore me. <laughs> well, whatever. Um. Yeah. We've gone, so I just checked the time. We've gone 40 minutes with, I'd say, minimal goofs. We've been very sort of insightful and and introspective today. I noticed on the list of things you wanted to talk about, you mentioned charcuterie. Maybe there's potential (laughs) for goofs in there. I don't know if this is going to be super goofy, but um, that's so funny. Yeah, that that was on my list. Uh, if, If there's one thing that my college taught me how to do, it was make a darn good charcuterie board platter thing. Um, Vermont is a very... Something about charcuterie just, like, 
I think of Vermont. I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's weird. cheese and meat. Those are two things that Vermont has a lot of. That makes sense. Exactly. And at every like presidential function or um, big um, like celebratory event, there was a charcuterie platter, and then the students kind of got onto that and they're like, "Well, we held these interesting. Um, they were called like art parties, where we'd." like put on some music and turn the dorm into like this, uh, just come on over and do your art, whatever art you got. That going. Sounds amazing. If that's painting or drawing or people would be making some music in the background or like whatever. And, um, there'd be some wine and some charcuterie and like we kind of mimicked the, the, the presidential charcuterie boards that we got for uh commencement or for, you know, whatever other occasion, like, dang, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And anyways, so we got really into this. Um, and now I've found that it's the perfect, like, day hike lunch or, like, first or second lunch on a backpacking trip. And it's been my go-to. And even my friend that I do these trips with and do day hikes with has just come to expect it. And it's like, well, I already know what's for lunch today on a day hike with Isaac. It's going to be the charcuterie uh the charcuterie platter. Um, and it's taken different forms. I haven't had, you know, you don't take out a platter while you're backpacking. Oh, you don't. I carry a whole separate bag just for my charcuterie material. <laughs> just for the charcuterie. Um, so one day I, like, turned the backpack over and put it on the backpack. But it the backpack was, like, lumpy, so it made, like, this mound of charcuterie. It wasn't, like, nicely laid out. Um, and then another day I didn't have, like the backpack was back at camp or whatever. So we made it in on top of like a plastic bag and like laid that on the snow and then put the charcuterie on that. Um, and then this last day hike a couple days ago, I put it on my snowshoe. I took my snowshoe off and laid that on the snow and put the charcuterie on the deck of the snowshoe and then took a really artsy picture of it that if I had Instagram, I'd, I'd put it on. I was going to say you, I know you don't have Instagram, but you could, you could go viral with just like charcuterie, <laughs> The backcountry Picks. charcuterie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can just I imagine can like, guiding a snowshoe hike or something and then like, you know, laying out my snowshoes and, and putting the fine charcuterie out on it for the clients that I'm taking out on a hike or something. And that'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's my little rant on charcuterie. I, uh, yeah, I, I found it's the perfect, it's the perfect thing. The leftovers, like if you, you know, the leftover meat and the leftover cheese can go right into dinner if you're on a backpacking trip. Everybody gets exactly what they want because you get to, like, you know, take as much cheese or take more meat or take more bread. The the baguette, you know, I buy, like, a sourdough baguette at the bakery, and then that fits right in the side of the backpack, <laughs> like in the <laughs> bottle holder, which I think is hilarious, walking around with this baguette sticking out of your backpack. Um, It's just great. It it just is perfect in every way. I don't know. That's that's been my life so far. Do you have any experience with these things? I mean, I've had charcuterie before. I haven't. I haven't personally like gotten super into making my own charcuterie experiences. Um, <laughs> well, you should. I, kind of, I feel like I should. I saw something on on Twitter a while ago. Someone went out instead of buying like fancy like meat and cheeses, they just got a bunch of Lunchables and then took the individual individual <laughs> pieces out of that, like the ham. 
and the pepperoni oh and the cheese slices. And they made like a beautiful, they laid it out on a platter and like had the crackers <laughs> and stuff. And they had this beautiful charcuterie board out of Lunchables. And that really still, like every once in a while, I'll remember it and just like, <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of my kids have Lunchables for their lunches every day. And every time I see it, I'm just transported for a moment back to that. And I think oh that's pretty incredible. But no, maybe that's I've hilarious. got I've got some you know I've got some charcuterie materials in my fridge right now. Maybe that'll be dinner. You know, instead of you can turn anything stuff. into a charcuterie board. That's true. Yeah. I have I have fancy platters I haven't used yet. Oh, there you go. So maybe tonight's the night. I'll break it out and and slice some cheese and really. It's a perfect like grazing dinner or lunch. Like you know, if I'm doing something or if I'm writing or whatever, and I just, just lay that out on the table on. and just like nibble a little bit and come back to it. Um. Maybe I am gonna do some writing later. Maybe, maybe I'll break off the old uh, cheese and crackers and see where that goes. There you go. There you go. Um, and you can upscale it and downscale it, right? Like you could go full Lunchables charcuterie, which I think is hilarious. Or you know, like we had at these these uh, at the president's house with the the finest meats and cheeses that Vermont has to offer, and and you know the little toothpicks that are coming out and oh uh, the toothpicks the little yeah. cubes of cheese and... right right um you know cheese that you know the name of the cow and you know the the anyways that that level is like super high or you can just you know slap your craft singles out on a plate and some bologna and call it whatever your... works <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's versatile it's it's customizable it's individualistic be the charcuterie you want to see in the world (laughs) uh so i that's just been uh been on my mind recently i think um yeah it's so funny how much have you thought about charcuterie lately well for for yesterday's little day hike it was it was just you know uh it was just myself and i made some hot cocoa on my camping stove and laid out that charcuterie on the snowshoe and i was in the middle of nowhere i was like I figured it out. The place I had lunch um, with the charcuterie snowshoe and the, the hot cocoa was like two miles from any road. Um, so which you were is not just su- out? Yeah, I was out for the day hike. It was on the, the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. and um, That was cool. Uh, and I was all by myself and I had like the whole day to hike. And a lot of that hike, I was just thinking about uh, this charcuterie concept. And how every hike I take out charcuterie and how uh, how it's influenced my life from college. I don't know. It's it's hilarious. It's a little cheesy, if we're being honest. Uh, um, and the, uh, what was I going to say? There's like an art to it as well. Like you have to, you, like I said, you can go real low, low bar with it. Or like choosing the right cheeses and choosing the right meat and like all of that, you know, you got to test out, get, find the good combinations. You know, right, It's like composing a song. What cheeses are going to work really well together? What, how is this pepperoni and this cheddar going to harmonize together? And on a backpacking trip, you have to take into account that, um, cheeses turn into different cheeses over time. Yeah. Did you know this? Have I talked about this before? No, but I've I've like you know I've I've lived through some cheese experiences before. So like cheeses that have peppers in them, like the jalapeno cheeses or the pepper jack cheeses, those peppers will ferment the cheese around it. But then the cheese that isn't in contact with a pepper 
after like four or five days will start to mellow out. But then the little fermented cheese around the pepper will get sharper. So that's really interesting. The harder the cheese, of course, the longer it's going to last. But the what will happen though with cheddars, with with really sharp cheddars, is they'll get this these little white dots on the outside of them after like seven or eight days, which are totally healthy. I've eaten those before and been fine. I don't want to tell you what to do, but um, that's just my experience. The the Parmesan cheese will like the hard Parmesan that you buy in like the little pie squares. That'll like sweat and then like the oil will separate out of it. So you get like the weird oil in the bottom of the bag, but the rest of it will be okay. Um, and we'll get like more and more flavorful. Uh, yeah. Anyways, just like this weird cheese experiment of like, how long will this cheese last in a backpack without refrigeration? I don't know. Um, so you have to take that into account, right? You know, if you're having the pepperoni is going to last forever. Yeah. You know, the bread might be an issue, but, uh, you could do it But with people tortillas. eat bread pretty quickly. You could do it with tortillas. Tortillas take forever to go bad. Exactly. And they're going to pack a lot easier. You're not going to worry about, you know, getting crumbs everywhere or something. So, you know, all those things have to be taken into account on the fifth or sixth day of a, of a trip if you're going to do if you're going to do a charcuterie board. Much to think about. Yeah. I really I do want I do want cheese now. We've been talking about <laughs> it enough. I really do just want to slice them up and and munch a little bit and you're making me want to hike maybe after this i'll go for there's a park right by my house maybe i'll just go for a quick hike there you go it's cold though i don't really want to go outside in the cold ah it's it's i don't know i honestly think i like winter hiking better than i like i love winter hiking i just i don't like doing i'm on my feet all day as is do i really want to go be on my feet another day and i i do I, i do i just have to go out and do it but it's different. Like it's a different thing on your feet than if you're you're standing on your feet on concrete in a in a building is different than than walking around in snow on a trail or something like that. You know, it just it just feels different on the body. And I haven't I haven't broken out my boots yet this season. Maybe now's the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wear I've got like small hiking boots that I wear to work every day just cuz mm-hmm. they're more supportive than sneakers. But I haven't broken out like my, my proper winter boots yet. Maybe today's Ooh. the day. There you go. Go out, do some hiking, come back, do some writing. Sounds like a perfect day to me. That could be it, because walking is good to get your, your head in a writing mindset. So Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, you get the get the blood flowing. Do some thinking. I go for a walk every day on my lunch break. That's my, my guilty pleasure, is I go and I walk like a mile usually every every afternoon. I just think. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts on my lunch break. I just let my mind do what it wants to do. And I've been doing a lot of like story plotting in my head lately. Well, it's perfect. Or sometimes I don't think about anything. Sometimes I just turn off my brain and look at the pretty, pretty snow. There you go. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's where it's at. I think we spend so much time on the internet these days, and I find that, like, my habit of just putting on a podcast every time I'm home, put the headphones in, put a podcast in as soon as I get into the door, so I always have something listening in my head, uh, even if I'm not thinking about it just distracts me so much and sometimes i just need the silence and going on the hike yesterday was be, be present with yourself perfectly quiet and just had the thoughts to myself and it was great and and that's definitely necessary something i, I don't i don't find i'd give myself often enough well you know there's so much going on these days i feel like it's hard to just sort of disconnect and and be in the moment 
Because mm-hmm. then if your mind starts wandering, then it can get stressful and like, oh, God, the future and, and coronavirus and what's Trump up to now? I don't know. And, you know, like you just sort of get into this rabbit hole. Then I think making, you know, distracting yourself becomes this this really appealing thing. Right, right. But it's not a super healthy coping skill yeah. because then as soon as the podcast ends in that two minutes them looking for the next podcast or scrolling through another YouTube video is when I start freaking out. Exactly. But if I just start the day with, hey, today's going to be a quiet day, I can keep those things off and I can be by myself and go for a hike and get my body moving and think about the woods and charcuterie and thrift stores and other things and not have to worry about whatever's going on. There's a lot healthier way to deal with it than just... Filling your brain with noise all the yeah. time. <laughs> we say as we produce this podcast. For somebody to fill their brain with noise. Hey, listeners, noise. turn us off. Yeah. Turn, turn us off, listener. Go do something productive. We'll be here when you come back. Yeah. So, I don't know. You got to do what you got to do, though, sometimes. I don't know. Got to do what you got to do. I don't think it's all bad. I don't think all no. media is terrible and every podcast is just a distraction from your inevitable death, but... Uh, just like anything, in moderation, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely, thinking about what I've done this weekend, it's been a lot of distracting myself, that sort of thing. But I also wrote more yesterday than I've written in weeks. So oh, there you go. I would consider that a good thing. It was only How's 600 that project words, coming along? But, uh, I've been in like sort of a deep rut where, I don't know if I've, I've talked about my current rut. I've the beginning of the book is very, very structured, and the end of the book is very, very structured, but the middle of the book is sort of like an on-the-road sort of adventure kind of just stuff happens that eventually catches back up with the story. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of loosey-goosey, which makes it, I think, fun to read because it's just on the road having a good time, but trying to write something that is loosey-goosey but also advances a story is really difficult. And I've been struggling to sort of rewrite scenes, and I've decided I'm just blowing up the two chapters and starting from scratch. Um, so I have two, two completely new chapters that I have to write, and that's where I'm at right now. And there's two storylines happening in those two chapters. There's one of the main characters who's on a boat with some evil goblins tr- plotting her way out, and the other is like a buddy comedy. They're in the woods camping, and the chapter starts with the buddy comedy in the woods, and I've really been struggling to sort of just write that because i don't know I, I i'm not getting sucked into it but i decided yesterday to switch over to the the goblin boats stuff and that like unlocked something and i just kept writing and writing and writing so i think i'm gonna write that way for a little bit maybe write all the scenes that i think i need for the goblin boat plotting stuff and then interrupt those scenes with on the road scenes and see where that goes but i'm what it's february tomorrow the book's releasing yes. in may so I've got a couple months to uh, to get this done. I had a meeting last week with a buddy of mine who's going to do the cover art. Oh, there so you go. It's picking up steam, which is crazy. I've been writing this book for nine years. <laughs> um, but it's exciting. It's it's nice to have a project. I've already, <laughs> I've already started thinking about a sequel, which maybe I shouldn't get ahead of myself for. Um, and then I also had this 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 vision, this dream the other day of, like when, instead of writing the sequel after work, like I've done with this one, taking a winter and going up to the Adirondacks or something and just like having a, a sabbatical from life and just writing this book or, or writing a draft of this book and going to the same diner every morning and getting to know the staff and, and going <laughs> on hikes in the woods and, and like just being in 
one place that is not my home for a whole season. Do you think that would actually work, though? I don't know. I have, no I, idea. I have those dreams, too, but I wonder if they wouldn't just turn into... Uh, like, that's the ultimate version of... Oh, I'm going to the coffee shop to get work done. Oh yeah, today. it's it's all yeah. <laughs> that's like the uh yeah, that's the antithesis of that. And um I don't know if I would just like that lifestyle so much and just try to do that and then run out of money and then be sad and go home, you know? Which is what it likely would turn into. <laughs> so the key is to find a place you can stay that is affordable. <laughs> sustainability some strings and and get a a cabin for free in exchange for cleaning it or or cooking or something i don't know i'm sure i I can figure something out the expedition has to end at some point ethan no it doesn't that's an important thing to remember i tend to forget that as well but the adventure has to stop at some point in order for the next adventure to begin you know what i'm saying yeah I, you're absolutely right. I just, I think I'm, I just want to go someplace. <laughs> I think that's ultimately it is I'm just feeling cooped up. Cause I, like, I don't really go anywhere besides work in my apartment. So I think sitting in a, in a motel in the Adirondacks and going to eat pancakes at the, at the diner every morning is, is an appealing thought right now. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. I think my version of that would be uh doing a long expedition somewhere unfamiliar but like uh making a base camp and then going into town every couple weeks and getting food and then coming back and then um so the forest service you can camp forest national forest you can camp on in one spot for up to 14 days and it has to be at least 200 feet from a road or a trailhead you set up a camp there and then camp for a week head into town get some more food come back for a week then move your camp and then do it again like i don't know you could i'm sure there's some point where they're going to be like all right yeah you dirty hippie you gotta move on but um i don't know that that's relatively accessible and i think at this point would be easy enough for me logistically but uh yeah i think the the expedition has to end at some point you know yeah <laughs> i guess Everything. It, I think when coronavirus is over, things like that will maybe I'll be able to review them in a more realistic sense. Sure, sure. But everything's everything's rose colored right now. Right, it's so much more ideal or idealistic because it's because uh, we can't have it. Feel more cooped up <laughs> than ever before. I had this grand plan of of through hiking the Finger Lakes Trail this summer before I ended up going to to the camp, but. That's still in the back of my mind. I could still do that. And maybe, I don't know, my lease stipulates that I can't be vacant for my apartment for more than a couple weeks at a time. Yeah, but you could find somebody to sit it for you, I'm sure. I could. I don't know. It's hard. How long is the Lakes Trail? A couple hundred miles, I think. It's New York State. So across New York State, it's 330-something miles from Buffalo to Albany. You You know how I know that? Oh yeah, we t- <laughs> you could okay. Hear me out. <laughs> you could start in the in. Oh, I'm trying to think. Okay, I'm what sure if I can you get to it from here. I mean, I'm I'm right sort of in near the Finger Lakes region. I could. What if you hike? You hike one way and then bike back. 
Make a big I'd have to. I'd have to set a bike up on one end. Oh, you could do that. That's not too hard it, to that do. That could be fun. It's, I, I'm I, sure you I've have a friend that would mind once. doing that. I don't know that I do have friends out on that side of the state. Although I guess I have friends in the Adirondacks who could drive down and meet me somewhere on the end of the trail. The trail might even there go into go. the Adirondacks. I don't know. I haven't looked at a map in a while. I'm just thinking. I don't know. That's like where my mind goes is hike one way, bike back. But anyways, um, yeah, I think you should totally do it. I think that's a pretty accessible way to do it. I think the AT... The AT I'd have to take, you know, that's that's... That's like months and months of stuff. Three months and and months of planning and and um is a little crazy right now with the pandemic. Finger Lakes Trail uh, will be a couple weeks. Yeah, there you go. I could do that. I had I didn't have it all planned out. I had a plan to make a plan <laughs> before this summer, but got to start somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what this summer holds. Currently, my plan is to work at a day camp up here, but. You know, maybe I take the summer off. I haven't taken a summer off in years. Mm-hmm. Not since high school. So maybe that could be something I do. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of people have that same idea, though. If That's this true. summer opens up a little bit, I wonder if a lot of people are going to be like, okay, well, the summer's open, so let's go do something. That's yeah. a good point. The Adirondacks were pretty packed this summer, I'm sure, for that exact reason. Although they're always packed. But I feel like the Finger Lakes Trail is still enough... Uh, it's enough underground that you'd probably get away with it. It's not, like, as popular. Like, that's the other thing about the AT. Is there's this huge bubble Everyone of hikers that, not, yeah. that wants to do it and starts in March and, um, you know, campsite, getting campsites and all this is, like, super hard and permits and all that junk. Um, which is my main bone to pick with the, the YouTube backpackers these days. But, anyways, uh, yeah, I think the Finger Lakes Trail is undercover enough that you'd be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I saw this tweet a while ago. It might have been in the fall. There was this guy who did a bike trip from, oh god, what was it? He it was it, there were like Mimi places here, and it was like PP Creek and like Poo Poo <laughs> Point or something. Okay. Uh, and he it was like a, a three thousand mile bike ride. I mean, it was a three thousand mile distance. It, it wasn't shorter by car, obviously. Three thousand miles, three thousand miles. But he did the bike ride over the summer, and that really like. Got my heart a fluttering. I need I need to do something like that. It's been so long since I've gone on, like a. I mean, everything's an adventure, right? You know, leaving leaving home and spending three months up in the Adirondacks wasn't an adventure, but I didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. on that adventure. I was in one spot, and I'd love to just journey and travel. And yeah. So we'll see what happens. Still got to make money somehow to pay rent. That's the other thing. <laughs> well, um, I was just thinking about this. Uh, you have a camera and some filming skills, and. Uh, some YouTube AdSense would just go a long way to make that make that life a little more sustainable. I don't know. That's what I see to become a YouTuber. That's the key. A travel YouTuber. Uh, a YouTube backpacker is yeah. what you're describing. The, the very thing you just denounced. The very thing I hate I will become. Um, I don't know. I don't have a fancy camera or the filming skills to make that happen. So uh, I got to stick to making my money other ways. But um, maybe someday. The problem with doing a solo trip like that and bringing my own camera is if I want any shots of myself, I have to go set up the camera and then, like, walk across as if it's completely natural. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, yep, <laughs> that is true. You have to hike oh, twice as far this, to get the shot. How did I get this footage? Oh, there was just a, it's just some random camera that I... Yeah, but people know that. That's like... Right, it's, it's, it's an aesthetic thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's funny. 
maybe I skip the whole adventure thing and I write a narrative of a hike and I just pretend I lived that narrative and I just shoot it and storyboard it and script it. But I hmm. present it as if it really happened. I lie. Oh, I see. There you Which go. is all storytelling is when you think about it. I feel like we've had this conversation before. I think we have. We don't need to get into it. That's a conversation. I don't, conversation my, for I don't day. know if my brain's quite there for it. Yeah, um, it's a Sunday. I don't. I don't know how much energy I have. I have drank a lot of caffeine today. Me too. I've had two cups of coffee and some uh, English tea. So I've had probably three cups of coffee and a bunch of mate today. So my brain is pretty wired. But it's a weird wired. It's not like wired and energetic. It's like wired and mellow. Hard to describe. You're really focused, but you chill while yes. you're focused. That's like the ideal. Yeah, it still has that edge of too wired, though. I feel like I can't exist in my my caffeine caffeine my caffeine experience. I either like I, the caffeine just gets me to like normal. Or it crosses the threshold and I'm <laughs> hyper and my heart is pounding. I can't find that sweet spot anymore. There's no happy medium. Or maybe I just don't pace myself well. Maybe I either drink enough. I drink it slowly enough that it just I'm chill all day. Mm. Or I or I chug it and that's when the <laughs> and go for the moon. Yeah. I was working on a film once. It was like the last day of editing, and I was sort of doing audio tests and stuff and making sure the finishing touches were, were done. And I think I had a whole pot of coffee in over the course of about two hours. Yikes. Which is, and I was really like, my heart was pounding, my head was racing, and I was a little loopy from it, but I was getting stuff done. But I also was at the point of so tired where I was simultaneously crashing. Mm. So it was like both were happening at once. And it was a very strange experience. The film, the film was finished, and I got an A on it. That's the important thing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't drink mate all too often. This is like the first time in a couple months that I've, I've partaked in mate. And uh, so I think that's good. I don't drink that much caffeine on the regular. But today just felt like the day. And uh, been pretty productive. Like I said, cleaned the apartment a little bit. Made my bed. Organized some paperwork. You know? Got stuff done. I got some good writing in. I've been on a bit of a writing kick this off shift, which is nice. Yeah, what are you writing? Uh, just my journal stuff. Just... The usual. I, I, uh, it's hard to do that at work, and I feel like I need to do it, and I haven't gotten a whole bunch of it in uh, on my last couple off shifts, and this off shift I've done it every day, which is a good That's streak. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, I'm hoping to keep doing my, like I said, I've sort of gotten a writing kick yesterday, and I'm hoping to write that out. If I can do a little bit of writing every day when I get home, that's sort of the... The goal, even if I write like 200 words every day, like that would that would add up plenty. That's all you need, yeah. And most of the rest of the story is pretty close to being finished. It just needs a little bit of tweaking, but it's this middle section that really is is. I'm getting bogged down in it, and part of me wants to like switch over and just like fix the other stuff because I won't get bogged down in it. But I want this stuff ironed out so I can because it informs the rest of the story, even though the rest of the story won't change very much. The details, right. so I sort of have to just get it done well i'm sure you'll get there i'm sure you'll make it hope so or i'll give up that's the other option well and that's okay which is fine too yeah (laughs) although if i give up in this project i don't know that i'll ever stop regretting it just because it's been such a long project to work this hard for this long and not finish it that's true i think he'll come back to it though i don't think you know even if it's a month or two late i think that's you know yeah 
May fifteenth, just a good day. It's it's the anniversary of of finishing Rider's Legacy and all that stuff. Ten years this year. Wow, that's wild. So it, it feels like the right day, but yeah, I can always tweak it. That's not a big deal. There you go. The journey is never over. The expedition is never over. You just you just said about fifteen minutes ago the expedition has to end though. So <laughs> what's the truth? You're full of contradictions. But you get what I mean though. Like it. No, I yeah yeah. yeah. The adventure, you got to always find it somewhere. And, you know, a book is never finished. And uh, I don't know. It, it's whatever. That's where my mind's at. I think I've just had too much caffeine. It's never finished. It's just done. Yeah. You think you'll crash later? Uh, I'm still going up, I think. I haven't reached the peak yet. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. see. I definitely will crash at some point. Hopefully that's like at 9 o'clock at, in bed and I'll get some good sleep. But, um I think I've got a few hours to ride it out still. <laughs> Good luck. We've hit the uh, one hour, ten minute mark, so we might want to start wrapping up. Well, there you go. Oh, I just said that as I held the microphone. That's going to be good audio. This expedition has to end. This expedition has to end, but the journey never ends. The journey never ends. Any final thoughts? Any weird things that happened to you this week? Uh, How are the ducks doing? Uh, the ducks are still quacking. Despite it being <laughs> like three degrees out, they're having a good time. Uh... <laughs> You know, quack, they're quack-a-lackin'. Well, there you go. That's all, that's all I got. Uh, be sure. Do you got any last wisdom? No. <laughs> Just don't drink this much caffeine. <laughs> don't drink this much caffeine. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Ketchup Cast. Uh, I think it's episode 37, which is Dang. a big number. It's also, we, we started this podcast in January 2018, so this is year three of the podcast. Really? Yeah, 18, 19, 20. Year four. We're just starting year four of the podcast, Whoa. which is also kind of crazy. Uh, so to all those who listen all over the country and all over the world, according to our, our uh, graphs and tables, uh, thank you for listening. Continue to listen. Please give us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. I'd love to hear what you guys think uh, because the current rating is, again, just me who gave us a five-star rating to get the ball rolling. And the <laughs> ball has not rolled yet. The ball is just sitting uh waiting waiting to be rolled so please feel free to uh and then feel more than free feel obligated to leave us a review please um and send us in a voice message if you want uh yeah like and subscribe that's all i got cheers